Welcome, everybody, to Respawn Please, the weekly video game podcast where two dum-dums come together to talk all things video games. I'm your host, Jesus, and with me, as always, is the wondrous, stupendous, the former Mercy Main, my best friend, and now a married man, L. L, how's it going? Great delivery. Great delivery. <laughs> I took all the notes that you had for me because for the peek behind the curtain, everybody, we've had to redo this intro several times because uh-huh. I keep messing up and <laughs> Al keeps giving me notes. Uh-huh. And so this is the first time he's been positive. Just oh, saying. my God. Every other time I've been like horrible. No, um, yeah, he's been, he's the real reason why I've been having to restart. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I've been great. I feel good to be here. Excited to talk to video games. Um, but how are you? I'm good. I, I, you know, I'm full of energy right now. I'm, 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 I'm cranked up, cranked up. Yeah, we're gonna. That was a movie, right? With uh, Jason, mm-hmm. Jason Statham. Yeah. Anyways, I'm cranked up. Not on electricity, like he, he was. Right. He had to like grab things. Right. He, to he had to. Well, he him. had to constantly keep his heart like at a certain like rate because uh, I think something. Yeah. If he didn't, his he would just like die. Um, he had to yeah. keep that excitement going or whatever. Yeah. Well, I am cranked up on Coca-Cola. I feel like I needed to say Coca-Cola there because if I would have just said I'm cranked up on Coke, that would have sounded bad. That would have sounded bad. I have Coke. Um, There's no alcohol or anything in this. This is just me high energy being laser focused. But we're here about video games, L. And Uh so I want to ask you Mm -hmm. what you've been playing this week. Have you been playing anything fun? Yeah. So... no, yeah. Well, the first thing I'll get this out the way. I've played a little Overwatch because I was trying to finish the season pass. <laughs> Sorry, I just do up everywhere. <laughs> we have to restart. Uh, no, yeah. uh, <laughs> but I've been playing uh, a little Overwatch, trying to go through the season pass just so I can get through it all. And I just kind of play mm-hmm. that a little bit um, daily. But uh, besides that, I finally, which we'll get to later this month, I finished Cocoon finally, um, um, which will go in depth, but I enjoyed it. Finished Cocoon. Um, I've been going through Red Dead Redemption 1 uh, and then now a little bit of Starfield. And I want to say lastly, I think that I think that might be it for what i remember because i thought there was one more game but maybe i'm misremembering i have been thinking about going back through slay the spire and continuing as the watcher but uh, i haven't had a chance to play that yet but other than that that's what i've been playing what about you uh you're um so quick backtrack real quick um mm-hmm. you're playing red dead redemption on your your uh, switch right yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah how's that how does that feel it feels good the only uh the only issue that i've encountered with it occasionally is like it, and it's not a lot when I say this, but it was like a random like frame rate drop or like a stuttering um, thing. But it mm-hmm. only happened to me. I kid you not, maybe like twice in my whole playthrough. I'm almost finished with it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm toward, it, it only happened towards the end where sometimes the game gets a little wonky. Like if you call your horse over to you, sometimes it'll walk to you. Then it'll do like a spin and then it'll do this real random crazy things. And you're like, what the heck? And then it goes back to normal. But uh, it's not like it's not game breaking. Um, and so that's the only issue that I encountered. But other than that, it's been running smoothly at whatever 30 frames that it's locked at or whatever. OK. Nice. Yes. Yeah. And the horse like spinning wasn't like a normal thing that happened back in the old game. Not like, that I bug that just carried over. <laughs> Uh, not that I remember, because like the horse gets like wonky. Um, that it might be part of the game, and I might just be thinking it's not. But 
um, to feature the game. They put it on the box. <laughs> horse, spinning horses. <laughs> Just like 360s and stuff. <laughs> new, but, uh, new technology. Exactly. <laughs> size on the back of the box. <laughs> but other than that, that, uh, no, that's it. Oh, and then yesterday I did encounter one new thing that I'd never saw, which is I was on some mission where I was trying to find Dutch Vanderland mm-hmm. and, um, I was traveling with a group of like police uh, to go get them. Mm-hmm. And then I think I had to do something. So I paused the game and then I went to go do something, came back after like a minute or two. And then I unpaused the game. And for some reason, it felt like the game continued on without me. So I was by myself and I said, you have to catch up with your group. And I was like, but I paused <laughs> the game. Like, <laughs> why did it do this? It was just very random. Maybe, maybe there's no pausing in Red Dead maybe, Redemption. Maybe yeah. not. Who would have known? Yeah. yeah um for games i've been playing um mm-hmm. you know i alan wake 2 still shipping away at that game uh man man oh man mm-hmm. l mm-hmm. i've been so like I, it feels like i say this every for with every big game release is like this might <laughs> mm-hmm. be my game of the year this might mm-hmm. be my game of the year it's definitive now like right now it's a tie between alan wake and Baldur's gate 3 for me oh like, Alan Wake 2 is just so damn good, man. Like nice. the story, characters, everything is just, uh, it is, it's just fantastic. Uh, we're going to, we're going to talk about this later on the show, um, mm-hmm. specifically uh, about game developers, game studios and stuff. Um, but man, Remedy, God, this is like Remedy's best game, in my opinion. Oh. And I just, ha- I have a lot to say about it. Like Remedy might be coming up there as one of my favorite studios because like i just can't think of a game that i have not locked that i have not liked by them because like i love i love control i love the max pain games when you go all the way back to 2001 and 2003 yeah. four for max pain 2 i uh, never actually played max pain 3 but i believe that wasn't remedy i think that was just rockstar um so max with max pain 3 uh rockstar was like the publishers for max pain 1 and 2 but remedy developed yeah. Max Payne 1 and 2, and then um, even Quantum Break. I love Quantum Break, if you remember that game, Quantum which Break. I'll talk about later. Nice. But Alan Wake 2, man, it's it's so damn good. Like, you need to play it. Like, this is, if you're going to play anything else this year, like, if you just Alan Wake, needed yeah. a recommendation of one game, it would be Alan Wake, because, like, the story is just so good. The narrative is so good. Um, you know, the combat, you know, not that great. It's pretty kind of simple and generic. Mm-hmm. But like the narrative of it is so freaking good and just the way it's structured is so fascinating and just seeing how Saga's story and Alan's story come together and like how one story affects the other story and everything. Mm. It's just it is a masterpiece, in my opinion, of narrative storytelling. Like this nice. is just it this does something that you won't find in film are in books they, like this is something that the, the way the story is structured and the way it plays out is just inherently works because it's a video game mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah like, that makes sense yeah it's just it would be very hard to pull off in like a film or book setting maybe maybe in a book i don't know but the, i don't know something about the just the way it's structured in a video game makes it like a master masterpiece in my opinion of nar- narrative storytelling in video games and where boulder gate 3 like it's storytelling is amazing. The story, the amazingness comes from the fact there's so many different choices, mm. but this, those 
it's, it's structurally simple. Like this, if that makes sense, like Boulder Gate yeah. three storytelling is fairly straightforward, fairly simple. Mm-hmm. What makes it amazing is all the different choices that you can make along the way to yeah. influence the ending that you can get. So I think they're doing two very different things, but both are very strong in narrative storytelling. And yeah, so like for me, it's coming really close to like, which do I like more? It's also like recency bias because I've been playing more of Alan Wake than Baldur's Gate 3, which is technically not true because I started playing Baldur's Gate 3 again, <laughs> which I'll talk about now. Um, so I started playing Baldur's Gate 3 on on my stream, mm-hmm. uh, created a uh, lovely, beautiful, wonderful bard named Gleekus. Nice. Um, and uh, just doing a stream, doing my Baldur's Gate 3 stream um, with Gleekus and just having fun with it. Um, still in Act 1, still at the Druid, Druid Enclave and stuff like that. Um, nice. but having fun with it it's been fun i love Baldur's gate 3 um another game that i've been playing of course is marvel snap still playing marvel snap kind of addicted nice. to it and then i started playing a little game this morning on my stream uh because alan wake 2 wouldn't launch on my pc for some reason i couldn't get it to huh. launch okay. um, it like had an update i updated it and then <laughs> just wouldn't launch i got it working now so it's no big deal but for some reason it wouldn't launch this morning um anyways but because I couldn't get launched, I was like, well, well then I'll just pivot and play this game, Thirsty Suitors. Uh, Thirsty mm. Suitors is a new game that came out uh, on Friday, uh, yesterday, for uh, on Game Pass. It's also available on everything. It might have come okay. out on Thursday. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. It was Friday for me when I saw it pop up on Game Pass. So, um, But this game is uh, so it's oozing style, like just visually, this game looks amazing. The mm. uh, the visual elements of it just pops with color. Um, the animation, like in cutscenes and in and battles and stuff, is awesome. Um, for but uh, for those we we watched a trailer at uh, I want to say it was like an Xbox event, but it might have been mm. like a Jeff Keighley thing, okay. like Summer Game Fest stuff or something. But I know we watched the trailer at some point when we were live reacting to something, or maybe it was just something that we talked about. I I don't remember, but like. Um, this game is, (laughs) I think this game is okay. It, I've only played two hours of it. Mm -hmm. Um, right now it has an 80 on open critic. Okay. And this isn't a review rundown of this, (laughs) I just facts that I, when I looked up, when I was trying to form my thoughts about my two hours with it, Mm -hmm. um, and I, it has an 80 on, on open critic and like most reviews are anywhere from seven to eight, of course with obviously it leaning more on the heavy eight side than on the seven side. Um, I haven't seen anybody like just review it really bad or anything like that. Um, but I kind of lean towards like the 80 feels right. Okay. Uh, when I, when I want it with where I'm at right now with it. Um, Cause thirsty suitors is just a combination of multiple different things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's doing uh, like there's like this persona aspect to it, like turn based battles with what is called thirst sonas, thirst sonas. Oh, oh my um, God. And so you're trying to. Um, so there's like these thirst sonas and you're trying to build up relationships and stuff like uh, all this other stuff. And there's turn based combat based on the, your thirst sona and like how strong you are and stuff. Anyways, um, the combat stuff, I absolutely hate. Like mm. as someone who <laughs> loves Persona, uh-huh. it's really weird for me to say that I don't like the turn-based combat they have. But it comes down to one fact, uh, uh-huh. and that is 
the the battles don't feel smooth. Mm. Um, they feel very slow. Okay, and it's slow f- because there are button prompts. Uh, there okay. are random. They like when you do an attack, you have to do like you have to press A or tap X or whatever, and like it really slows down the turn based combat. Where Persona is like super smooth and like it's fast, it's fast and flashy. Mm-hmm. This is slow and flashy. <laughs> like <laughs> like the animation that's happening while you're doing the button preps uh prompts looks awesome. Yeah. But it slows down the combat a lot for me to the point that I was playing it. And I was like, please just stop. I just want to complete this battle and move on. Like it just it was it felt intrusive in a lot of ways. And and it wasn't because I wasn't getting the timing down, it was just like Okay, this happens every time I'm attacking, and this other dude has like a hundred health, but I'm only doing like fifteen health, or I'm only doing like fifteen damage per like hit. All right, and so it's like, can I just, can we just please hurry this up? Like, <laughs> it just felt like the battles were taking too long in like the two hours that I was playing. Yeah, um, and so like that's what was really slowing it down for me. On top of that, the game, uh, the in the battles, characters were randomly start saying stuff, and I'm like, okay, please just shut up. Like, I don't need <laughs> you to give me a monologue here. I just need to fight you, okay? Like, let's just go. Like every yeah. time I got into a battle, it was like, well, I'm here to woo you. Let's fuck. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, please shut up. I don't need you to say this. It was like every other turn, it was like, dude, what do you think of me now? And it's like, oh my God. stop, don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> so like the combat i was just like i don't like this um yeah. and you know this kind of goes off the conversation we had last week where mm-hmm. the combat the gameplay is kind of preventing me from advancing ah okay but but i am interested like i am fascinated by the narrative um so the story is uh, you play this character named jala mm-hmm. she's returning home after three and some odd months away from home um her sister's getting married um she had a falling out with uh, jala had a falling out with her sister and they haven't talked for months Uh and all of this other stuff and this is a story about just someone coming back home to their hometown um to kind of find closure because when jala left she left on a bad note with a lot of people like she Uh. left she like got in an argue with her mom before she left. She got in a fight with her sister. She feels bad that she let her dad down. Mm. Um, she feels bad about um, breaking someone's like breaking multiple people's hearts. Like so, this is a story of like this young woman returning home to find closure in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. there's something about that narrative that really resonates with me, mm-hmm. even in the two hours that I played uh, that I was playing. There was like some dialogue, like option, like dialogue things that were said that I was like, oof, this hits hits home for me. Like just some mm. of the things that were said yeah. from just like, yeah, I'm back home because I need to find closure. Like I want to I want to, you know, find the closure that I kind of didn't get when I just up and left. Yeah, and it was just like things like with the mom too, just being like, you know, you really upset us when you left. And it's like mm. there, there's just some very poignant moments in the narrative yeah. that like has me interested. Like I want to know Jala's story more. I want to know what happened with all her exes. So like the idea of thirsty suitors is like there's a bunch of exes. It's almost like um, Scott Pilgrim. You know how Scott yeah. Pilgrim had all the different exes and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's sort of like that in a lot of ways. And each one of them have their own thing. The first one you meet is Sergio. <laughs> Sergio is fucking ridiculous. Like uh-huh. just like the 
you need to go watch these boss like these boss fights because they're it's just ridiculous like they, it's Hilarious. a very scott pilgrim s sort of like uh, boss fight okay. where you're just like what the hell is going on with this bullshit <laughs> like it's very like the writing is very humorous and stuff it's just man i wish the gameplay was fun gotcha because i'm, I'm interested in the narrative but like right now that interest in the narrative is one that where it's like well i'll just go watch a youtube video or i'll just uh, go watch, read a wiki or something yeah because like the gameplay is just not doing it for me mm-hmm. and they do something interesting with thirsty suitors that um i appreciate mm-hmm. but it still doesn't take it still doesn't um help me with the combat itself and that is like you can auto um auto enable like auto complete the bu- button prompts mm-hmm. like so like you don't have to press anything it just happens gotcha but it's still like you're still going through like a 10 15 second animation of like the button prompt happening <laughs> you know where like if you have to press x at a certain specific time you still see the circle forming and then the x and it's like it would have been great if that like it was just instant and just kept moving like gotcha there's just like the combat stuff just slows it down um there's some skateboarding stuff that's like it feels very stiff to move around the world because you have to ride your uh, uh skateboard around mm-hmm it feels very stiff um and the uh there's a um there's a there's like several different mini games there's like this is like a a lot of mini games in this game and none of them particularly work for me <laughs> so <laughs> just like it's just yeah the gameplay stuff is just not is preventing me from wanting to really see this game through but man i'm so interested in the story because i think the writing the little bit of writing that we got was really freaking good nice. the style of it visuals the visual style style of it is amazing and gosh darn dude the soundtrack is Mm -hmm. a is a bop dude like the soundtrack is dope like i love the soundtrack (laughs) like this is just (laughs) it's just really good music like just go listen to the soundtrack on youtube or something that Mm -hmm. it's i think they have the soundtrack on spotify i might be wrong about that but like it's really good like nice this is like music i would put on just to like just chill with and like play yeah. in the background like while i'm going and doing things like it's so oh, damn good so nice. like it's so like so that's why i say like 80 feels appropriate for me like based on what i played and mm-hmm. i'm honestly probably not going to play any more than what i've played i would <laughs> give it a three out of five because mm-hmm. just like it it's the narrative is interesting enough and like it, i know it's dumb to like rate a game that i haven't completed or anything like that but it just felt like 80 from what i played feels right mm. so um with that said l i don't think this is a game for you i don't think you would like this game at all <laughs> well there so, you have it because like i had debated about this i was like do i tell l that we instead of doing like lies of p we do thirsty suitors and then i was like no i think l would play like an hour of this and just then text me and be like dude why are you making me play this game <laughs> like that's what hilarious. i feel because it's also um one thing i forgot to mention too is that it's it's a very queer centric game Oh, um, okay. It's very queer, um, unabashedly LGBT. Like uh, Jala, like had multiple uh, partners that were uh, female, that were um, trans and stuff. So like, it's, it's unabashedly queer. Like, oh, okay. And that, I, I appreciate that a lot. So, uh-huh. like, if, obviously, if you're not into that sort of storytelling too, that may not that may be off-putting for some folks. So just keep that in mind too. That this is unabashedly LGBT queer. Like, yeah. So gotcha okay so yeah but it's narratively though i'm I'm fascinated by the narrative but yeah that's where i'm at with thirsty suitors um i'm probably not gonna play much more 
Um, does this sound like a game for you, Al? Or <laughs> no, because it, it's kind of. I guess I'd have to look at a trailer to see exactly because it it, it kind of makes me think of some sort of like dance rhythm game where these prompts come up um, mixed uh, with yeah, like other yeah, things. There's there's a rhythm to it. There is a rhythm to it. Okay, music is music is is a big part of the game. So interesting. Okay, um, it's not I quite mean, like a true rhythm game, but it's pretty close. Gotcha. Pretty close. I mean, it sounds okay. It sounds like a, a very chill play, if that makes sense. Like, just a very relaxing, yeah. just take your time or whatever, nothing too serious. But uh, more like, uh, more. I guess I'm more focused on the um, the human side of it with like the uh, the relationship between people, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I, I mean, if uh, it's on Game Pass, so, okay. you know, you can check it out. There's no reason not to check it out if you... If it piques your interest, but yeah, I I don't think this is a L game. I don't because like the because uh, you you're not the biggest fan of like turn based stuff, right? So uh, I'm it depends because I mean I've played certain turn based games. Like I mean, I mean for example, like, like I really love Say the Spire, uh, Sea of Stars. It's kind of basically the yeah. battles turn based. These are more um, it, like Persona esque battles. Yeah, so. I haven't I haven't played Persona, so I'm kind of unfamiliar with it. Um, no. I guess it, I would just have to watch like a, a like a gameplay trailer of it uh, just to check yeah. it out. So yeah, the trailers are dope as hell too. The trailers look amazing. So mm, okay, but um, yeah, uh, it's also an indie game. It's an indie developer and stuff. So mm, but yeah, nice. Um, with all of that said, I'm sorry for my long review <laughs> of Thirsty Suitors. Um, with that said, we do have a couple of things to talk about. Um, mm. So BlizzCon happened. BlizzCon wow. happened, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or it's happening now, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there was a bunch of announcements today um, or yeah, yes, from yesterday. Uh, so I'm we're going to run through all of those announcements. Uh, Al, I'm going to pass uh, pass some stuff off to you as well, because okay. you can talk more about it than I can. And then we're going to talk about some Easter eggs from Daredevil getting put back into Spider-Man 2. And ah. it had people speculating there might be a Daredevil game. Um, you know, why not? Because <laughs> they have Wolverine, <laughs> they have Spider-Man, but we'll talk more about that. And then our big topic for today is going to be favorite game developers, not publishers. The developers themselves, because I feel like this is not something we've really a lot of folks really talk too much about. And so I'm interested in hearing your your approach to game develop developers, like your history with focusing on developers. So nice. yeah, I'm interested in that. Um, so let's quickly go through some of the big BlizzCon announcements. Um, so BlizzCon, this is a, a write up from IGN that has compiled pretty much all the announcements. For us, uh, so starting off, Diabolus 4's first expansion will be called Vessel of Hatred. Um, I'm a big fan of Diablo 4, as I've mentioned a lot. El, you mm-hmm. know this. I was playing it mm-hmm. nonstop when nonstop. Diablo 4 came out. Yep. Um, I love Diablo, and so this has me excited. I'm, I'm, you know, every Diablo game has had an expansion except for Diablo 1, but every mm. Diablo game's had an expansion, so I'm excited. I believe back before Diablo 4 released, they said there's going to at least be two expansions. Um, nice. Yeah, but there, it, the, there's a trailer for the Vessels of Hatred and stuff. It looked great. So, yeah, I'm excited about this. Is this something you're interested in at all? Yeah, oh. no, definitely. Because um, I know how much you were playing it. I, I know, and I actually never got around to it just because I think yeah. as I was going to give it a chance, the whole that first real update happened where everybody was kind of like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? And I was like, OK, maybe I yeah. shouldn't jump in right now. And so I, yeah. I never gave it a shot and it kind of got lost in the the weeds of things. And so. It is well, cool though. Would it make 
Yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say it. Is, it is cool that it's getting an expansion because it's it's always cool to hear that. Because I mean, you hear that with like World of Warcraft and you know a couple other um, extra like DLC type content for video games and stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Would it would it get you excited in the back end to tell you that season two mm-hmm. that's going on right now is mm-hmm. really good? Ah. Is that like like the updates they made? Like there's still like people complaining about like the microtransactions and stuff like of that. Of course, and of course. They, then having to like start over, re-roll characters and stuff. That's gonna always probably happen because Michael, 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 <laughs> microtransactions. <laughs> people always want to talk about it. And then yeah, the just the general. Oh, I have to make a new character each season, but why I gotta do that? <laughs> I don't know why I'm making fun of people because it, it is annoying, but it's also like something Diablo Diablo three was doing to begin with, and uh, Path of Exile and stuff does as well. So, uh-huh. but. Yeah, uh, season two though is great. It's a uh, it's vampire centric, nice. um, and it's going until I think this season season two is supposed to last until twenty twenty four. I might be wrong about oh, wow. that. Okay, it might be until I think it's going until the end of twenty twenty four, and then the next season starts. I might be wrong. It might be until December, and then yeah. But um, that feels right because like the first season one went from July to beginning of October. Oh wow! So, yeah, that feels about right. So, yeah, I think that, yeah, that would make sense that it would last until the end of the year. So, mm. anyways, not important. Um, but, yeah, so still plenty of time to check Diablo. I'm sure Diablo 4 is going to go on sale, like, during, you know, Black Friday or, like, mm-hmm. holiday sales or something. So, oh yeah, you know, see if you can't snatch it up for cheap then. Nice. Um, next up, speaking of uh, World of Warcraft, Blizzard announces the next three next three expansions wow. in the world of warcraft um and it's called the world soul saga so uh this is straight from the article blizzard has announced the world uh the wonder soul not world so wonder soul <laughs> I see okay, they're giving the, they're giving it two different answers here uh-huh. so someone is like someone at this idea article messed up yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, so I think it's the Wonder Soul Saga. Someone in this, uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, a larger narrative that will contain the next three expansions for World of Warcraft. The first three expansions will be called The War Within. Uh, the first of these expansions will be called The War Within and will be released in 2024. Um, the War Within will take place in the subterranean kingdoms of Azeroth, where Nerubians and allied and and an allied race called the Earthen Dwarves await. The big expansion will also contain a ton, including a promised return of former talking uh, knife Zal Atath and new, new zones like Ajkahit, Isle of Dorn, the Ringing Deeps, and Hollowfall, a new treasure hunting adventure activity called Delves, a commonly community feature called Warbands, and a new Dungeons and Raids. Um, so, yeah. Sounds good. Uh, hmm. I'm sure... You know, World of Warcraft constantly gets expansions. Of course. Um, so it's like every two years, I believe. I believe that's the cadence they've had. Okay. It's like a new expansion every two years or so. So I think this works out because the last expansion came out. Dragonflight came out last year. So yeah, 2022 and then yeah, 2024 getting a new expansion. I think what's cool here is that they have a narrative story that's going to expand the, these three games. Um, mm. So that's going to be exciting, I think. Um but yeah, I, is this going to make you want to play World of Warcraft at all? Not really. I'm not really big into World of Warcraft. Um, I did what play it when I was younger, but not so much oh, did now. You? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, it was... Um, <clears throat> it all, was of, all the time that I was playing World of Warcraft in our dorms, <laughs> and you never told me that you used to play World of Warcraft? I did. It's just because it couldn't retain me. I didn't really find too much in it. Because um, it, it, it was a well, lot of like 
going on <clears throat> excuse me quests and stuff and i just couldn't keep up with it and so yeah. but i only played it for like a very very short brief time just trying to see if i'd be into it and then i was just like uh no i'm not really into it but yeah do you remember why i started playing world of warcraft in college no i don't remember my freshman year i was i dated this girl you know you probably yeah you probably don't remember this because if I was dating this girl. I don't uh-huh. want to say her name. Yeah. But she was like obsessed with World of Warcraft. And so really? I, I only started playing because of her. Like before huh. that, I had played briefly. But yeah. like it was really my freshman year in college. I only dated this girl for like a month. Oh my gosh. And then after that, you were stuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> no, after that, I stopped playing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and then after that, I stopped playing. And then I started playing again like uh, in not too long. I like a year or two later i started playing again because like an expansion pack came out or ah, something. gotcha okay and then and then ever since then i've been on, on and off yeah ah interesting yeah, i don't want to you probably don't remember her because like i kept that part of my life away from you and the other guys oh, <laughs> the group gotcha. that we hung out with <clears throat> so i was always weird about anyways we don't need to get into it. <laughs> That's a relaxing uh, respawn uh, conversation. Topic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, another and more World of Warcraft news. Cla- uh, World of War Classic is adding the Cataclysm expansion, um, which is the the expansion that a lot of people don't like. I want to say like huh. this Cataclysm kind of like broke up, like was like the first big shift in, um, in World of Warcraft where it was like, we're going to change fundamentally everything we're going to change mm-hmm. the layout of the world we're going to get rid of all of the old quests and we're going to plant some new ones in and like just change the dynamic of the world up and like it just really switched everything and some people hated it some people loved it mm. but um but world of warcraft classic if you want to play that you can have a chance to experience cataclysm uh like it once was are you familiar with world of warcraft classic like do you uh, understand the difference between <clears throat> world of warcraft warcraft classic versus world of warcraft now i don't understand the difference but i, I think i've heard of just like the, the differences between them but I'm, I'm not too familiar yeah. with it uh classic just is like um right now they have classic for the base version of world of warcraft like mm-hmm. its original state when it first came out with like updates to you know make it stable and stuff like that but like it's for the most part, it's original state when it released. Gotcha. Then they have uh, Wrath of the Leech King expansion, Burning Crusade. Is Wrath of the Burning Crusade and Wrath of the Leech King might be the same? Might be the same launch rate. I have to look, but yeah, they but they have the they have another classic version, and I guess they're going to have a third classic version for Cataclysm. So gotcha. And it's just okay. the original <laughs> states the 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 game was in when those expansions came out, when the base game came out, so people can go back and experience it without all the extra fluff that has come out since and uh, stuff. Because, like, people have fond memories of, you know, of the World of Warcraft launch and yeah. Burning Crusade days and uh, all that stuff. So people wanted to re-experience that, and it was just an opportunity to re-experience it. That's, like, what the difference is. So there's, like, what's called the retail, which is the one that gets all the current expansions and then the classic, the different ways you could play it. Uh, Cause mm. like back in 2018, 2019, um, sorry, I burped. <laughs> Saw the Coke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, there was like a lot of like, uh, world of Warcraft servers, like private servers that were using like the base version of world of Warcraft. So people could play. 
and then like people were starting to make money off of it and blizzard was like oh there's money to be made here let's do it (laughs) it's basically what happened like people were like oh we can make money off of this um so yeah Ah, interesting Uh, um i'm gonna skip over the overwatch stuff to let you handle that okay um there is some Hearthstone news. The Hearthstone's next major expansion is Showdown in the Badlands. Um, uh, Hearthstone Shadow in the Badlands is the card uh, cards game's next expansion, and it takes place in Azeroth's Wild West. The new expansion was a West has a was a Western spin, and will also serve as an origin story for Hearthstone's Reno Jackson and Elsie Starseeker. These two must work together to save the Badlands from a nefarious mining operation. Uh, it's releasing on November 14th, so just in a couple weeks. Um, and it will feature the game's neutral hero card. Uh, are you interested in Hearthstone at all? Um, I did think about playing it at one point because I know that I think I had this conversation with you. It kind of this is at the time when I was really playing um, Marvel Snap because it, it's in a sense similar to that, is it not? Yeah. And Very so good. it's yeah. a Hearthstone's a little bit more complicated yeah. than Marvel Snap. It's also been around longer and, you know, there's like a meta to it. Uh, you'd really have to talk to like Blitz. Blitz is obsessed with your Hearthstone, uh. our friend Blitz. Um, like I see him playing it all the time. Like, you know, when I log into uh, <laughs> the Battle.net stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah he's playing Hearthstone. That's so, so funny. But yeah, he's like obsessed with it. Yeah. And then also it's interesting. Like, yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of it because I've seen other people online play it and it, it looks interesting. Also, they have Overwatch characters in there as well. Um, yeah. And that's very interesting. And so, um, it, like, I've been interested in playing because is it not also free to play? Yeah, it's free to play. And then, yeah, yeah. But like, you're so, like, my my thing with like Hearthstone because it's Hearthstone matches. Mm-hmm. Hearthstone was a response to, I guess Hearthstone. Like the idea of Hearthstone was to make it like a simple Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Yeah. But then it got too complicated with like all the <laughs> meta and stuff and like all these new cards coming in and stuff. And so like it got like for me, it's too complicated, too intimidating to try to get into now. And gotcha. that's why that's why I got into Marvel Snap because I was able to play Marvel Snap from the beginning. Because yeah. like back when Hearthstone launched, I had no interest at all. Mm. Marvel Snap. It feels like it's going that way after I started, you know, took that long break from February to now. Yeah. I'm like, oof, I missed a lot of the meta cards. Like, it's going to cost a lot of money if I like I want to invest in this. That's what Hearthstone is, is like, you got to invest in it if you really want to make a uh, if you like want to be competitive and you want to get those wins and stuff. If you're just there to chill, not worry about it, that that's probably fine. Uh-huh. But like, if you want to be competitive, if you want to get the best cards, you're going to have to like make a major investment to catch up. Because like you've missed so many expansions, and that's that's why I'm like I will probably never play Hearthstone because it gotcha. just feels too intimidating, too daunting to try to learn the meta, get the right cards for the meta, and stuff like that. Uh, okay, interesting. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, no, that that makes sense. It, it makes perfect yeah. sense because I definitely understand that Marvel Snap comparison. Because yeah, if you don't consistently play and you miss out on certain cards, you're you're gonna be like, who is this? What's this card? What's this character do? Yeah, what's you this know? doing? Like. Like, I, I'm scared for Marvel Snap because Marvel Snap already feels like it's going that way. And Marvel Snap's only been out for a year now where oof. it's already like, oof, some of these it's I can't imagine being a new player to getting into Marvel Snap now and just being like, yeah. oof, some of these cards, man, it's going to take a while for you to get them. Do you really <laughs> want to do that? Exactly. And that's how I feel about Hearthstone, where it's like, oof, Hearthstone's been out for too many years, too many cards, too many expansions. Um, and yeah, I think the the cool thing with Hearthstone is that the expansions are spread out whereas 
Marvel Snap just keeps adding cards every like feels like every other week, pretty much. Interesting. So, <laughs> they just added Were- Werewolf by Night, which actually huh. works really well in my deck. Uh, nice. Snap. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> just unlocked him today. He's been great. Um, anyways, um, moving on with some more announcements. Diablo Tabletop RPG announced. Um, cool. Uh, the core book will launch in fall 2024 and the Diablo TT RPG will launch via a pre-order campaign on Kickstarter. Um, I have one issue with this and that's mm-hmm. Blizzard going through a Kickstarter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's the like, I mean, I get it. Like it's they're teaming up with other people and stuff. So I get it and stuff. Maybe maybe they're just taking the Diablo name and putting it on something. Uh, and Blizzard really has no involvement other than that. But mm-hmm. it's still kind of like really you're going through kickstarter for this blizzard because because Blizz- multi-million billion dollar company blizzard exactly you know <laughs> but whatever <laughs> you know who am i to critique because again maybe it's you know because they're going with glass cannon unplugged in genuine entertainment um so maybe it's them wanting to do the kickstarter rather than blizzard itself but gotcha yeah it still feels kind of like icky to me <laughs> yeah i could say that that uh, makes sense <laughs> but yeah i as I know you aren't a big you you don't play tabletop RPGs at all, right? So Yeah, no, not really. As someone who loves t- uh tabletop RPGs, you know, I play DD, I play Shadowrun, if you re- if you know what Shadowrun is. I love Pathfinder, I love uh Cyberpunk. Um not well Cyberpunk 277, but the tabletop version of it. Like, oh, okay. I have no interest in doing a TT RPG in the Diablo world. Mm. And that's solely because the Diablo world is so fucking depressing. Like, oh. it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, you can argue that like as Dungeon of, Dun- uh, Dungeons and Dragons and Cyberpunk and all of that has depressing worlds too, but there's something inherently depressing about the Diablo world because everybody's just has shitty lives that's mm. constantly being destroyed by these demons and stuff. Again, I guess you could <laughs> argue the same thing about Dungeons and Dragons and stuff, but I don't know. Like, I have no interest in getting more involved in the Diablo world than I already do. Like, I don't... I don't really RP when I play Diablo. I'm playing Diablo because it's like just easy to turn my brain off and just kill a bunch of demons, level up yeah. and all of that stuff. Like there's not like anything really that makes me want to RP in it. Whereas like Dungeon Dungeon Dragons. I love to RP in that. I love to RP in Cyberpunk. I love to RP in uh, Shadowrun. Like I just like those worlds more, I guess. I don't know. I don't know Makes how to explain sense. this like very well, but like, yeah, <laughs> they just Diablo, a Diablo TTRPG does nothing for me. So, um, makes sense. But yeah, I, I'm sure it's going to reach its goals in Kickstarter. I would laugh if it didn't, uh, but then I would also feel bad. <laughs> oh, uh, no. They go on to say in their little announcement too, they said Diablo four is the main inspiration for the TTRPG and it will further explore the overworld and underworld of sanctuary embarking on adventures above and below with fan favorite mechanics torn straight from the screen. <laughs> what fucking mechanics are you talking about anyways <laughs> i'm interested in knowing what mechanics they're talking about they're talking about socketing gems That's is that hilarious. a fan favorite thing in diablo socketing gems huh. anyways mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know what game mechanics they're talking about with story torn straight from the scene anyways t- diablo tabletop rpg was announced um phil spencer made a surprise appearance at blizzcon That's nice. cool. Um, he said throughout Blizzard's history, they pioneered and refined so much across the gaming industry. And many of you today have been part of that journey. Think of Diablo. It propelled the action RPG genre forward. Starcraft spawned the foundation for what esports would eventually become. And Starcraft 2 
was a major catalyst for the evolution of games as live entertainment. World of Warcraft changed not only how people developed and supported games, but really it introduced a much wider audience to the concept of online communities. And Overwatch not only reimagined gameplay, but also the representation possible in class-based shooters. Uh, so just, you know, nice little opening statements, like opening mm -hmm. speech from Phil Spencer. You know, we're going to see more of that as life goes, as time goes on. We're going to see, you know, Activision Blizzard. Yeah. Microsoft owned now. So yeah, we're going to see exactly. a lot more of Phil Spencer <clears throat> commenting on these things. I'm interested to see like uh, what Microsoft is going to do for things like BlizzCon in the future. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I don't imagine them stopping it because BlizzCon is such a big thing yeah. for people who love the blizzard products like this is a a couple of days of people who love blizzard games world of warcraft starcraft um you know diablo and stuff overwatch they come together and you see all the cosplay you get all these big announcements so i can't imagine microsoft doing away with that but i also wouldn't be surprised if they were, like halted and was like you know what this is too much money we need to slow down we just bought we just paid 69 billion dollars for you uh we're gonna stop this at least for now I, I don't think that's actually going to happen, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft was like, let's not do this anymore. Because uh, yeah. they still allow the, um, they still allow the uh, uh, Quake stuff, right? They still allow Quake. What is it called? QuakeCon? QuakeCon? Is Which it QuakeCon? QuakeCon is, uh, QuakeCon, yeah, I believe it's QuakeCon, yeah. Uh, QuakeCon is the one that you, that it was ID, Zenimax held and stuff. They ah. still have that going, so they still allow that to happen. And that's something that's owned by Microsoft because it's Zenimax and Bethesda and all that. So gotcha. And gotcha. they like do their announcements and stuff. So yeah, yeah. They they have hmm. they had one this past year. So interesting. Wow. So, yeah. Nice. And yeah, it took place in Texas. So there you go. Whoa. Um. So I, I'm I'm since they still allow QuakeCon to go on, I'm sure they'll still allow BlizzCon to go on, since they're both like pretty big draws for folks. So, yeah. so cool. Nice. Um, and then finally, some other stuff that I have no real interest in, but I'll mention <laughs> it. Um, Warcraft Rumble gets a launch cinematic and launch gameplay trailer. Uh, cool. It's going to be out on an uh, iPhone and Android and all that mm. stuff. Are you interested in Warcraft Rumble? It looks no. like generic um, Clash of whatever the fuck it's called. Clash of Clans. Yeah, that's what it kind of looks like. Uh, I'm okay. To me. Yeah, I'm watching the trailer now. It doesn't look great. <laughs> like I have no interest in playing this at all. Yeah, I agree. I'm like, not it really. Look, or it looks like a MOBA. Like, yeah, it looks like a very childish. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it. It looks doesn't look great. It might, <clears throat> but yeah, I could. See I'm that. not the target audience for it at all in any way, shape, or form. So, um. Uh. Anyways, those are all the announcements for me. Al, I'm going to pass this off to you so you can talk about <coughs> the Overwatch stuff. Oh, yeah. I don't give a shit about Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Um, so before we get into this, I did not. I, I had remembered that BlizzCon uh, was going on, but I did not realize that there was an announcement of uh, there's a new hero um, that was shown off that was announced. Mm -hmm. um, and I did not know that until I was randomly in a match. And then people in the, uh, the match chat were just like, has anybody played the new hero? And I'm like, new hero? I'm like, who is that? And then, of course, if you look off into the, the tank portion of, uh, like, playable characters, there was a new guy mm -hmm. that was just added. Um, so yeah. uh, to kind of get into this, uh, Overwatch 2 has announced the next tank hero known as Maga. 
the game's first Samoan hero. And so there was a trailer shown off. Um, uh, the, there's an article here on IGN that uh, has a trailer that they showed off at BlizzCon, which is pretty cool. I, first, I'll say that I really love the look of Maga. I think he looks really yeah. cool. Um, and it's, uh, oh, yeah. it's a very interesting character because... Um, the uh we didn't talk about this before but we talked about this before the podcast that we didn't announce that they had also announced a new support hero named ilari and um she's also really cool and i've had a blast playing with her but malga um of the the four, i think they've announced uh they've introduced four new heroes since Overwatch 2 launch which one was sojourn she was the first uh dps then you had um junker queen who was one of the new tanks then you had ilari a new support and malga is the fourth one being a new tank but he feels like uh uh the one of the first uh he kind of is he kind of feels like the right way to go with a tank in overwatch 2 as far as mm -hmm. like he feels like a a different type of tank if that makes sense um so yeah. just to kind of uh, go here um revealed during blizzcon 2023 this is an article from ign by wesley yinpool and logan plant um, Blizzard shared an overview trailer of the character showing off Mago's weapons and abilities. As a heavy assault character, Mago wields a number of heavy artillery weapons like the incendiary chain gun and the volatile chain gun, which he lovingly named Gunny and Cha-Cha. Cha-Cha, <laughs> I love it. I love the names. Oh yeah, names it's, are great. it's very cool. And so Mago has uh, some of his abilities. He has an unstoppable charge move called Overrun, uh, which seems him rushing through the battlefield. Blizzard uh, also shared that, of course, that he's the first Samoan hero. Um, I think in the lore of Overwatch, he's from the same place uh, that um, BAP is from, uh, near, or near the same island, um, because they have history with each other. Um, it's oh, very. I thought uh, you were yeah. about to say where the Rock is from, and I was like, no. damn, they brought the Rock. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Rock voice accent, no. Um, but he's from the kind of like the same place. They have history with each other, and so it's. Um, yeah. He's very fun. I actually got a chance to play with him because for this weekend, as of this recording, when this comes out, um, it'll be over. But um, when it was announced, they gave him a free trial for people to be able to play with him in uh, okay. unranked. And so you can play around. I got to play with him for a little bit. Man, it's and I'll say this, that he is fun to play with, but I can tell that it will require some time for people to get used to his play style because the way that he plays, he just plays as this very mobile tank with these machine guns so like if you're if i i would say he plays kind of uh similarly like a junker queen if you've ever played with junker queen where she doesn't have a shield she has no hammer or anything like that to swing so she's just constantly shooting he plays the same but it's like you have to he kind of feels like a tank slash dps because you have to like aim with his guns and you have to like shoot you can run in there and charge uh, his ultimate is pretty fun where his ultimate, what he does is he can run in somewhere and like uh, do his overrun and his ultimate, what it is, is he creates this barrier that traps the people within this area and they're chained mm -hmm. to it and they can't leave. And he has unlimited ammo to just kind of like fire and kill his opponents. It's very like okay. if you if you see it in the trailer, you're just like, what is happening? It's they call it, I think, cage fight or something like that. And so yeah. he's very fun. He's like super cool. I think what I'm interested in is, is uh, seeing high players see how they use him because um, we'll mm -hmm. probably learn a lot for how they play um, versus like lower ranks. And so it's interesting. He, he looks really cool. I love his character design. 
and I'm excited for him to come into it. Um, but I know that uh, it was reeled here, though. Even though he's free to play this week, which uh, people are playing right now, he won't be officially added to the roster until season eight, which will be on December 5th. So we still have another month uh, to go before he actually gets added. This is more just like a... They were. I'm pretty sure they were just doing this to kind of like, you know, it's BlizzCon, let's show off some, show off some stuff or whatever. And so... But uh, given all that, he's man, I think he's a blast to play. I'm going to see uh, I might play him a little bit more before the weekend's over and just kind of see what kind of, I guess, comp you would get with like your team to play to make him the most effective because he, mm-hmm. he does play. He does play different. So, mm. yeah. Okay. So cool. So interesting. Uh huh. Oh, and then also um, there was another thing that was announced here also from the article. Um, a new hero named Dam, or excuse me, a new damage hero named Adventurer will join Overwatch 2 in season 10. This is the one that I actually missed, and so uh, and a new support hero currently codenamed Space Ranger is coming in season 12. So they just kind of showed off the roadmap as to like more characters that are coming. But as new heroes continually get introduced after a while, I get a little worried because I kind of feel like it be- the game might end up losing what it's. I guess, or maybe maybe I'm stuck in the past, but like I kind of feel like there's always this talk in Overwatch 2 of like finding balance within the game as far as like, you know, the tanks not being overpowered, the damage DPS not being overpowered, the support not being overpowered or semi-underpowered. I feel like as you constantly introduce new things, like it's cool, but after a while I'm just like, are we just gonna, oh, is this the thing that's always gonna be constant? The constant talk of like, oh, balance, finding the balance. These people are overpowered, these, this, uh, you know, supports are overpowered because that was a big thing that I've noticed recently where people were saying that support was overpowered and then they got nerfed and now they're like, now it's back to how it is. But then I guess maybe it's constantly people complaining of like, now yeah, we need to be think, uh, buffed, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think like there's no avoiding that. There's always going to be people like, well, I don't feel powerful enough. Yeah, uh, I don't. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so like. Yeah, there's always going to be people that are going to complain. They're going to always be like, "I right, well, you we're too powerful or we're not powerful enough." And it's always going to be a game of balancing. Yeah. Um, and then inherently, when you introduce new characters, like the, the whole conversation is going to restart. And like, if they yeah. release a new character every season, like you're going to get that every season where either character is going to be overpowered or they're not going to be powerful enough, or mm-hmm. people are just going to complain for the sake of complaining. Like, it's, yeah it's inescapable um i think the real question and like for me like does the does this excite you does the future excite you do you feel like overwatch is going to is is overwatch gonna i feel like overwatch is always chasing like that initial high yeah that yeah. happened and one that's impossible to happen because like yeah. Overwatch was like 2016 Overwatch one when it released right 2016 it was mm-hmm. such a lightning in the bottle moment where it's yeah. like oh shit this is dope exactly and it's never going to capture that moment again and I feel like player there, there's players <laughs> that are like well we just go back to that it's like different times and like yeah and even if they did go back to that something like that people would complain anyways and be like well what about the characters new characters <laughs> like there's going to be no winning it so like you can't capture True. that moment so like do you feel like this would be do you feel like this is a good time to jump into overwatch now or do you think like do you uh, think do you feel like you're going to reach a barrier sort of like what we just talked about with marvel snap and yeah. Hearthstone, where it feels like it's too overbearing like 
for a new player to get into where they look at it and go, there's 28 characters. What the hell do I do? Yeah. How do I, I, what, what's, who do, who do I do? Like the yeah. learning curve is so like, or do you fear that learning curve is going to get too high that like it, the player base, the player base is going to stagnate even more than it already is. Cause like, I don't know what the player base is like now, but like, I yeah. know back, back before season, the back before the, you know, back over the summer in July mm-hmm. when the PvE drama happened, mm-hmm. there was like a mass exodus. And like, if you go look at Steam reviews, I mean, we shouldn't look yeah. at Steam reviews because they're awful. But <laughs> like, it's just people like, fuck this game, fuck this game. And it's like, yeah. do you do you so, have hope or fear or anything for Overwatch? Yeah. So I think what it is, is like a part of me does have a little fear that the that that learning curve will get steeper. I think that's what mm-hmm. it is, you know, because. I, I think it's great if you're playing Overwatch, you're kind of used to, you know, whether if you just play one role or if you play multiple roles or if you have certain characters that you main, um, I think you'll be good. Um, to a new player, I think what'll be, pro- well, maybe, m- because I, maybe I'm thinking too, like, I guess, negative about it, but a part of me, a new player, I think what will happen, what I get worried about for new people coming into it is that that steep learning curve and then also um, what I would say is that new players, if they do come into Overwatch, don't even jump into competitive at all. Um, I would say just because I think <laughs> that that's a big turnoff for people, um, especially if you yeah. just if you're not really wanting to get competitive or whatever. I would say stick to unranked or just kind of like certain game modes, because I think that because I can see it happen occasionally when a player who is not that well um, and it even happens sometimes in unranked, um, where you kind of come across someone, you're like, oh, this person is like amazing. And they're like tiers above me, um, just like their skill set. And it, that can be a very big turnoff when you play against someone who is just like, and it, it, and what's crazy is that the, the difference doesn't have to be something as crazy as like somebody who's in bronze plays a masters. Cause that probably will never happen, but it probably does happen randomly occasionally, but even going from like if you play someone who's bronze into somebody who's in high gold or something like that like even that the difference in that can be off-putting sometimes um because i think i was playing yesterday and like i think currently i'm in uh low plat but i played maybe like two or three levels up and i was like this person that i'm playing against doesn't feel like they're in this same level it feels like they should be higher and just Mm -hmm. seeing like the difference in skill set i'm just like this could be like a turnoff. Like this could almost make me be like, maybe I should stop. But you know, yeah. it just it. I, I think it depends. You know. Yeah, I think my my last question for you: mm-hmm. um, Are the new characters that are getting introduced, like mm-hmm. each season, like mm-hmm. when they get introduced, are they locked only to that season? Like, can a new player unlock them, or do they, or do you have to like pay for them and stuff? Mm-hmm that's that's the other thing i'm glad you asked that where (laughs) new people who come into the game do not have those characters unlocked um from what i remember and so what sucks is i've seen this happen before uh on certain like uh youtube videos or channels where um uh, i've seen it where tank players will come in and they won't have any of the new characters that came with overwatch 2 unlocked because you have to go through the uh, battle pass system or unless you you pay for them 
um, for like a yeah. pack of uh, expansion pack or whatever. And so sometimes what will happen is they'll be stuck with, you know, the original cast of tank players uh, in certain videos. I saw someone, they were like, why aren't you playing such and such? And they're like, oh, well, I don't have them unlocked. Like, <laughs> And it's just like, yeah. oh, you know, um, and so that's the only that's the only thing. It'd be different if they would just come already unlocked. I think that would be the better um, choice for Blizzard and new people that come into it because it's just you know blizzard trying to make money um and so i mean it always comes into money so yeah that that's the that's the only thing because i get worried with that type of system as time goes on and more and more and more characters get introduced there's going to come a point to where someone randomly decides you know what i want to get into overwatch 2 they're going to come to the decision of like do I want to grind this game to unlock these characters or do I want to pay this extra however much it costs to get these new characters that I don't even know if I'm really even going to stick with this game. And, you know, yeah, um, that's the only fear that I have, because I'm thinking super down the road of like when they introduce 10 more characters, let's say, and then someone yeah. comes in and there's like 10 characters that they can't play with. You know, it's just like. Yeah, those ter- 10 characters are important to like the meta or whatever. Exactly. It's the like, same thing with Snap. And it's yeah. just like, ah, oh, like, yeah. you know. And that's the thing. Like, that's, that's honestly like, you know, the stuff with the PVE back in, that happened back in June, July mm-hmm. was like the big turnoff for me with Overwatch. Yeah. And that made me go, yeah, I'm never going to play Overwatch again. And just like seeing the characters and seeing like a lack of anything for me as a player to make mm-hmm. me want to go play. And like, I know I'm a unique situation, whereas like I've played Overwatch. So I can't really speak for like someone completely new coming in, but like there's nothing like these character designs are cool. Like uh, the new character was his name Mauga, Maya, Mauga, Mauga, yeah, Like he looks cool. Like, yeah, he looks really cool. He looks cool, and like I, I love, I like this one thing. Like I've always loved about Overwatch is like all everyone looks awesome. Like, yeah, I don't think. Like, I, I'm a little bit disappointed that they've gone away with, like, the big cinematic trailers that they used to have, like, you know, back in Overwatch. Oh, long. yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, because, like, it felt like they were, like, every character had their own cinematic trailer. Uh-huh. Um, and now they're just using gameplay footage. And I guess that work That's a better way to, like, show off the characters yeah. anyways. But, like, I do miss the cinematic trailers. Anyways, yeah. Um, but, like, was- the designs look cool and stuff. But, like, not, they're not... Blizzard right now, for me, is not giving... Not saying, hey... You need to come back to Blizzard. You need to come back to Blizzard. You need to come back to Overwatch. Yeah. You need to come back and play. Yeah. It's cool that you're introducing a new character, but like, why should I care? What, what, as a player that has fallen off, what can you do to make me want to come back? Yeah. And right now, like, even with this announcement, even with the, oh, we're going to release this character and this character in the next two seasons, none of that makes me want to come back. Yeah. Like, and, but the problem is, is I, I don't know what they could do to make me want to come back yeah is the big thing there and like i came back to overwatch 2 because i was like "Ooh, overwatch 2 shiny new it's supposed to be new and it's like oh I, i've said this before i started playing overwatch 2 and i was like oh yeah this is just overwatch this yeah. just feels the same this is a mat like i know like things were fun different a little bit but i was like playing overwatch 2 and not and not really playing overwatch 1 since like 2018 <clears throat> i was like yeah this felt like what i played back then like yeah so even gameplay wise overwatch 2 hasn't really done anything and the reason i stuck with overwatch 2 for so long was because i was playing with you i was playing yeah. with little dove and blitz our friends and like yeah. but now it's like i know you still play blitz and little dove still play but like just even playing with you guys doesn't make me want to come back <laughs> like yeah. i'm just like unless you hit me up and was like dude you need to check this out yeah 
that's the only way I would come back. And like the you, the little hype that you had for like you, did, I guess it wasn't even like hype. Just like you were just like, ah, eh, the story stuff they introduced was okay. Yeah, it and wasn't. That's that been like crazy. the general consensus was like, yeah, it's okay if you if you're interested in playing it, but it doesn't really do anything. Yeah. So it, that was the only thing I was interested in, and yeah, there's nothing Overwatch could do at this point. I, I yeah. Think. That could bring me out unless they were like you know what we are going to bring that pve sorry y'all <laughs> yeah, exactly right. no exactly but it's gonna I'll, be overwatch 3 sorry <laughs> everybody's gonna be like what Flip the tables. exactly i'll i'll say this the um the 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 i think the the two things that they should fix maybe one but for one they just have to i think they have to continuously try to improve their um uh, their competitive battle system as far as like when it comes to matchmaking because that matchmaking still needs definitely still needs work um still shite yeah it, it i think it's slowly getting better but i think it still has a little bit of a ways to go to actually be like oh you you know this actually feels good because either some there are times where sometimes they're actually i'll say it has improved a little bit where the matchmaking feels like oh i can definitely see where this is definitely we're on the same skill set we're close to each other mm -hmm. but then every yeah. now and then occasionally um sometimes more often than not you'll get matches where i'm like either they're it seems like they're way ahead of you as far as skill set or they're way below you and it's just like this doesn't feel right you know and so i still think yeah. it needs a little bit of more tweaking and then um i will i was gonna say that lastly i do feel like unless new people coming into overwatch 2 um who haven't unlocked these characters what's good about it is what i've always done each um season but this is because i've dedicated time to it to completing the season pass every time you complete it you're going i think you can i think this is right um you can get enough overwatch coins or whatever to be able to buy the season pass for next season so where you can get the character um but then like going back to what we talked about my worry is that for those who come into it if they don't feel like grinding that season pass then you know they're not never going to unlock those characters they're not going to have a good time and they're not going to enjoy it enough unless they like you know playing overwatch because i'm doing this yeah. just to get through the season pass so that way next season when in december i can be like oh i have enough overwatch coins from doing the season pass to be able to get you know maga and work my way through that for the next season and then the season after if i can choose to continue to play so yeah so that yeah. that whole it just sucks it's capitalism people just trying to make money and like it's yeah. you know it's like man i wish it, it, it could be better because because it makes me think of Overwatch 1 where like everything was unlocked and people were just mm -hmm. like, this is a new hero introducing. And that felt a lot more fun that everyone had access to it versus only people who were willing to pay for it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's the only uh, gripe I have. If they work on those two things, um, hope I think that it could be a whole lot better, in my opinion. Well. So. I can guarantee you they're not going to change their of course, yeah. hero season <laughs> stuff. Like that's going to stay like the only time that'll probably change is if they announce a overwatch three or True. whatever is next overwatch extreme um, <laughs> overwatch rumble <laughs> overwatch extreme edition everyone's okay. naked what oh my god <laughs> you know, blizzard what are you blizzard's blizzard. giving it to the fans at that point yeah it's like, exactly they're you've like you've been asking for this and then someone's gonna be like who asked for this <laughs> hey, oh so, so you want to see Listen, I'll take a naked Reinhardt any day of the week. Anyways, oh my uh, gosh, hilarious! <laughs> uh, but moving on from Overwatch and everything. Um, well, one last thing: is there any? Did are you outside of Overwatch? Was anything mm -hmm. at BlizzCon that like announced? Was anything interest you? Do you want to? Uh, 
play any of these games besides Overwatch? No, not really. Not that I could think yeah. of. Um, but I mean, that's just because, you know, I, I enjoy playing Overwatch. And so um, the rest of it, uh, I do want to, th- I am thinking about getting into Hearthstone. But like you said, it comes back to the whole, like, I, I'm scared of getting in there and just not having, being equipped enough to be able to enjoy playing the game, you know, with like uh, yeah. the meta or whatever. Um, that's my only worry. But other than that, every, um, not really. Okay. Yeah, I would again. I would definitely talk to Blitz and see what he would have to say. But gotcha. I don't. Blitz is so deep into it; he might be biased. <laughs> he might be like, "I'm sorry, you're not going to enjoy this." <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're a bitch. You should have been here from day one, like I was. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Anyways, moving on to some Spider-Man news. So in Spider-Man Two, um, this is an article from IGN by Katie uh, Real. Uh, Spider-Man Two patch brings back Nelson and Murdoch's sign. Uh, so last month, or no, uh, day one on day one, players may recall the first game featured a plaque for the law office of Nelson and Murdoch near Josie's Bar and Landmark in Hell's Kitchen that commonly appears in the Daredevil comics. But after booting up Spider-Man 2, gamers were quick to discover the plaque with no text was left in its place, which re-inferred meant Nelson and Murdoch moved out. I just find that funny that AG had just created a uh-huh. like, story around it. Like, yeah, they moved out. <laughs> they moved out. They said, sorry, can't pay rent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it turns out that um, that wasn't the case. Uh, and um, in an update, they put it back in. And with the uh, with the game uh, lead game designer, Brian Intahar, saying, hey, I guess they paid their rent because the sign <laughs> is back there and it says Nelson and Murdoch. Um, this went on to uh, have like crazy speculation for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk about this. And this is the reason why I put it here is that like people are getting getting excited with the idea that Amazonia games, not only are they going to have a Wolverine game, but they might also have like either DLC for Spider-Man 2 that features uh, Daredevil mm. or even a Daredevil game. And so, Elle, I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. does the idea of a Daredevil game interest you? Uh, Especially if it's made by Enzomiac, who we know Spider-Man 1 and 2 and yeah. Miles Morales. Awesome games. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting. Um, I guess the the only question that comes to mind is because Daredevil's cool. I like Daredevil as a character. He has, he's very interesting. Um, I guess my when it comes to stuff like this, um, I think it makes a lot more sense for DLC for daredevil not necessarily a daredevil game because i kind of feel like daredevil isn't on the same level as spider-man as far as like popularity um it it kind of feels like unless you um are familiar with the comics or are familiar with marvel or are familiar with the show even that's kind of a stretch but i i I don't know if um daredevil is big enough to have his own game um maybe dlc i could see that but um i guess it i guess it depends you mean to tell me after the successful <laughs> Netflix series Daredevil, you uh-huh. telling me that nobody loves Daredevil? Because man, Daredevil the Netflix show, fucking yeah, awesome. it, it's great, it's great, I, it's amazing. I, my my thing is no, that... no longer on Netflix either. You got to watch it on Disney Plus now. Um, exactly. It's not on Netflix anymore. It's, it's on Disney Plus. So it's a anyways. Yeah, no, I think my question just becomes: Does the people who are the people who watch the series? Are they interested in playing a game, so to speak, you know, or were they just watching it for the show? Because it's a good show. Yeah, Uh, that's my only thing. I think it makes a lot more sense. I think it'd be cool to play like a game like a Daredevil game because then it'd be cool to introduce like 
the mechanics of seeing how that would work with like Daredevil, you know? I mean, sonar, he's not sonar, sonar, eye, sonar thing. Like, yeah, yeah. He's not web swinging across what he calls New York. He yeah. Yeah, he's not web swinging, but I mean, they would be cool for like the parkour aspects because he does True. a lot of parkour, you know, flips and <laughs> he does parkour. He does flips. <laughs> That's my definition of parkour right there. Yeah. Uh, no, he like, I mean, it would be cool to like, it'll be interesting to see like, even in DLC to see how like they would make, uh, how he would navigate compared to like Spider-Man. Cause yeah, you, yeah, you're not swinging, you're not swinging or anything. You don't got the flip flip, you know, it's completely different. And even then, like, if you look over at Wolverine, they're de- you know, Enzomnik is developing a Wolverine game. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna, I imagine it's gonna be drastically different from Spider-Man. Obviously, yeah. I expect Wolverine to be a little bit more brutal. Yeah, um, maybe they won't. Maybe they won't because Spider-Man and Wolverine are taking place in the same universe. Yeah, um, and all that. So they might stick to like a style, the style that Spider-Man established, where it's not super violent, super hyper violent, but maybe with Wolverine they lean more into the violence, and that gives yeah doing daredevil dlc to spider-man 2 maybe that gives them the opportunity to lean more into that like violence exactly side of spider-man to make it like maybe like in between the release of wolverine and spider-man 2 Uh, they have daredevil dlc to like go like see we are leaning into the violence here this is getting closer to the violence that way when wolverine 2 or wolverine comes out and it is violent they go see we hinted at it with daredevil daredevil got pretty violent compared to spider-man 2 (laughs) You know? exactly so like, yeah so like i could see them doing that like yeah dlc sounds about more right though like especially with with the way things are um exactly. it'll be interesting to see like is Zomniac games going to like just take over all of the uni- marvel universe <laughs> for like video games and just like every game just is just every marvel game from here on out is just made by insomnia insomnia like exactly It'd be cool because I mean, to see. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty good at like Spider-Man. So, and you know, we're going to see uh, how the Wolverine uh, video game comes out. Um, I'd be interested as well, like because they, they did make a game way back, if you remember this. But like, I really liked uh, the Punisher, the Punisher video game. If you remember, it was on PlayStation 2. Um, did that would no, I don't think Insomnia made it, um, but right. I think uh, I was so, talking about just like a revival of it. But uh, if you made a Punisher game, it had to be very violent because the first game was very right. violent. And so you'd yeah. have I to mean, find Punisher a way to... I just end. violent in general. Like exactly. even in the Marvel comics, Mar- exactly. uh, Punisher was violent. So. He, his only, he literally is just a guy with guns. That's all he is. <laughs> yeah. And weapons. And so, um, but he's up there in New York. I mean, of course, from the show, you know, Daredevil and Punisher had that crossover um and that was pretty cool and so um it'd be i don't know it'd be interesting to see and so um because i think yeah depending how this goes since wolverine and spider-man are set in the same universe um i'm excited for the wolverine game just because i like wolverine i think it's a interesting way to uh it's gonna be interesting to see how they um how that plays out you know yeah i mean i like i love wolverine too i love like i've said this many times i love x-men anything related to x-men yeah exactly Um, wolverine like yeah so but yeah, yeah. uh so <laughs> i should have made this joke earlier oh what's that could you imagine could you imagine uh-huh. daredevil dlc uh-huh but the daredevil is based off of ben affleck's daredevil it's <laughs> 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 based off of ben affleck's daredevil from daredevil Whoa. like 2004 2005 yeah <laughs> Whoa. that movie was garbage dude that, that movie was, was garbage awful. <laughs> 
Wasn't that the <laughs> can movie? You imagine that? No, I'm thinking something else. <laughs> can you? Can you? That movie spawned a lecture, and that movie was awful too. Yeah, that movie's awful. Whoops. Uh, Jennifer. It was Jennifer Gardner, right? That played yeah. Electra. Yep. Yeah. Whoops. And, uh, but, oh man, those movies are awful. Could <laughs> uh, you imagine though? Yeah, they're like, yeah, Daredevil DLC coming out. Ben Affleck. Oh, what? People would be like, what the fuck going on? That's so funny. That's hilarious. The, yeah. It's the events of Ben Affleck. Like everything is based off of the events of Ben Affleck's movie. Oh my god, <laughs> that'd like, be Jesus, hilarious. Dude. What the hell? That'd be amazing. The- that'd be perfect. Ten out of ten DLC. Ten out of ten DLC. Ben Affleck <laughs> even came back to voice act. No, it was amazing. <laughs> was he even acting in that movie? I don't. <laughs> I shouldn't talk shit. He was probably the only good part of the movie. I don't remember that movie at all. I just remember it being well, awful. I liked uh, the Kingpin because if I remember, that was Michael, uh, Michael Clark Douglas. Du- Michael, no, Michael, yeah, Michael Clark Duncan. Duncan. <laughs> not yeah, Michael Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan. You mean it's Ant Man? The original yeah. Ant Man? Yeah. Michael Douglas? He was. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Michael, Michael Clark, Duncan. Clark Duncan. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. He passed R. R. away, what? Years ago. A couple of years. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's almost a while been a decade, ago, right? Yeah. I yeah. think he was, he was the best king. He was probably the best part to me. I thought he was a good kingpin. But anyway. Uh, he's not He's not better than uh, what's his name? Oh, from yeah. Um, What's the name? I was about to say Danny DeVito. Just get the names wrong completely. Danny DeVito as the kingpin. Wow. I just now pictured Danny DeVito. Are you familiar with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just imagined him coming in because this is my favorite meme of him just being like, uh-huh. so anyways, I started blasting. <laughs> I can just imagine the Kingpin saying that. So Spider-Man came and I just started blasting. <laughs> he was in a white suit. He's bald. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you remember the movie uh, where Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger were supposed to be twins? twins. Yeah, twins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah twins. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? God, Danny DeVito is like one of the greatest actors of all time. Like, oh he's my so God. God. All right, I love so Danny DeVito. I have a petition. Put Danny DeVito as the new kingpin. I call I it right now. Back. Great series. Great series. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. It would be perfect. I know. I love oh Danny my DeVito. God. Oof. Uh, what is what? Anyways, Vincent D'Afrio or something like Thank that. Thank you. His yeah, name, right? that's what it's. Yeah, Vincent <laughs> D'Afrio or something. Uh, I forgot his name, but he's a great kingpin too. He's great. Uh, I can't. I can't remember his last name. Uh, Vincent Philip D'Onofrio. D'Afrio. D'Afrio. Yeah. D'Afrio. Yeah, I think that's what it was, Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. <laughs> 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 Vincent D'Afrio. Yeah, he he's a great yeah, kingpin yeah. as well. He's really good. Yeah, uh, he's an Italian name, you know. Whatever. Yeah. He's an Italian guy. So. <laughs> anyway. Oh but my yeah. god. He was a, he was a, he's my favorite part of uh, Daredevil. Daredevil. So yeah. He was, he was intimidating. God, man. Nice. Yeah. Now I just got Vincent. <laughs> DeVito stuck in my head now. All right. Oh my God. So, uh, with all of that said and done, like, you know, Insomniac Games making waves with Spider Man, Mm -hmm. having its own, almost, it seems like they're going in the direction of having their own Marvel universe. And it made me, it got me thinking. And Mm. and this is sort of a thing I've been thinking about for a while. It's like favorite game developers. Mm -hmm. Like, just like identifying, like, what are some of the big name developers out there? When you think of video games, do you ever think of just the developers or is it always just the games? Like when you see when you see a game, you mm-hmm. go, 
oh, I know the developers are is just like that game looks cool. Like, yeah, I'm interested in like having this conversation with y'all because yeah. this is something I've always thought about. Like, I know for me, young me never mm-hmm. really paid attention about the developers. Yeah. There were a couple of developers that were always like present, like like Halo. You couldn't escape Bungie. Like, of that course, was, like, yeah, front and center because like especially with like Halo Two and Halo Three, like online play, you would have like you the bungee nets or whatever it was called like yeah. would track your stats in halo so like if you wanted mm-hmm. to track your stats in halo you had to go to bungee net or whatever it was called and like it, that was inherently a thing that you would just see with halo 2 and halo 3 and so like things like that was always there but like during like the late 90s early 2000s and throughout their aughts uh, i never really thought about developers it wasn't really until i got older and started getting interested in the gaming world like mm-hmm. the gaming industry that I was like, oh yeah, I need to focus on developers because they some like this developer is making some of my favorite games of all time. This yep. developer is making some awesome games too. And so, like, I know young me though never really paid attention to like developers. <laughs> what about you? Like, did you ever? Was it always just like I'm just gonna play this game because it looks cool? Or yeah. did you like have a developer that stood out to you when you were younger? Yeah. So for me, sorry, dogs. They heard somebody come in the door. Um, so. I'll say this, that for me, it kind of started similarly to you where um, I did not really pay attention to developers just because I did not know, you know, developers were a thing. I literally thought that like a team of people just made it and that was it behind the game's name, so to speak, you know. Um, and it wasn't until later that kind of like you were like I had certain favorite game series that I started to notice that there were developers behind it and then I started to kind of pay attention to that or I would also be like oh I wonder what else they make you know or is it just this one game what else have they put their hands on and so like yeah. you know that that started for me really the first uh, uh, or excuse me in the, uh, like once I started to notice developers and that you know there was a name behind them um, or you know that they made the series of games or just whatever games they uh, have you then i started to kind of like pay attention and i would be like because most of the time i think the way it worked is like i could be wrong but um in the past you know when they show off a trailer they would like i think i was more focused on just the gameplay or just whatever game was showing up but then i started to notice like oh beforehand you'll see the logo of the developer or the publisher or whatever mm-hmm. and then when i would see that i would start to get excited i'm like oh this developer's making a game i wonder what it is let me see is it a yeah. you know uh uh a two version of the whatever previous game that i liked or is it something new so to speak um and so now i do pay attention now especially um with certain developers where i'm like oh this is cool i I, let's see what they're making you know Uh, it gets me excited now yeah for sure like i know for me like i I just talked a little bit about bungie like there Mm -hmm. was three developers that i consciously knew about Mm -hmm. from like 2001 to 2010 mm-hmm. and i know that nine year span but that's also because of like the impact they had on me because like yeah all three developers like they created games that really influenced my journey with gaming so yeah. obviously bungie with halo like halo is and was uh in my opinion one of the best fps s is ever created like mm-hmm. it just revolutionized everything halo 2 just yeah took it and ran with it and like again it can't like Halo and Bungie, you know, from 2001 to 2007 with Halo 3, like 
that is just like I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just that, that that's just a magical trilogy right there in terms of just like what it did for SP, FPS, what it did for consoles, uh, yeah. for Xbox, you know, mm-hmm. what it did for online gaming for consoles. Like, yeah, it's like without Halo, would there like I mean, probably right. But yeah, would online gaming be as big if it wasn't for Halo one? Consoles? Yeah, exactly. Like, obviously, Call of Duty came and Fortnite came mm-hmm. many, many years later and kind of ran away mm-hmm. because Halo just started faltering. But like it really comes down to like Halo 2 specifically and the things that what Bungie was doing that really elevated uh, console online gaming. Um, so that like that was a heavy influence for me because I was, you know, deep into Halo back exactly. in those days. Yeah. Um, but I was also, you know, it's really funny because all three developers all start with B. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all start with B. The other one uh, for me is Bioware. Um, Bioware mm. developers for mass effect but they also created star wars knights of republic star wars knights of republic one of my favorite games of all time Mm. and i remember at the time in 2003 2004 whenever star wars knights of republic came out i didn't pay attention to the bioware logo even though it popped up every time i would see it every time i would load the game i was like "Eh, whatever star wars i love star wars (laughs) but then a couple years later when um xbox magazine had like this full like multi-page like 10 page uh deep dive into mass effect i was like Oh, Mass Effect, Bioware. I know who Bioware is. Oh my God, they made Star Wars Knights of the Republic. Holy shit, I'm going to pay attention to this. Because mm, yeah. I loved Star Wars Knights of the Republic so much that I was like, oh shit, Bioware's next game from the Star Wars, from the creators of Star Wars Knights of the Republic. Bioware's making the next game. And yeah. I was like, holy shit. And then Mass Effect, you know, I don't need to talk about it. Mass Effect's one of my favorite <laughs> freaking fran- uh, series of all time. I love Mass Effect. Yeah. Um, so, like, I started paying attention to Bioware because of that. Um, and then Bethesda, um, yep. Bethesda Game Studios with Elder Scrolls and Fallout and Fallout Three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I Morrowind was a special place in my my heart. Um, it was a game that my dad and I both played, and I would watch him play, and we would bond over and stuff. Um, in like twenty uh, two thousand three, whenever Morrowind came out, mm-hmm. and then Elder Scrolls Oblivion was like a launch title for the Xbox three hundred and sixty, and it was like the first one of the first games I got for the Xbox three hundred and sixty. And so it was like, oh, yeah, Bethesda, Bethesda. And then Fallout 3, it was like, oh, Bethesda. Yeah. And like, so Bethesda started becoming like a normal thing for me because like my dad was obsessed with Bethesda games, too. And so we would always see that. And like on some level, too, I was conscious of, uh, again, just continue with the B names, Blizzard. I was conscious yep. of Blizzard. <clears throat> Granted, Blizzard has multiple t- developers under them. Yeah. Where yeah. like I could never I couldn't tell you like what team works on Warcraft, what team works on Overwatch and Diablo and stuff. I, I don't know what they're team names mm-hmm. are specifically it's just blizzard for me but like con- becoming conscious of like that as well so like those early days for me was it was bungie bethesda <laughs> and bioware for me and that all mm. three of those really influenced my journey as a gamer as a person who plays video games like it's really interesting to see that where like i gra- i ended up gravitating more towards this narrative side rather than just the fps side action yeah. action action side but i still appreciate everything that halo did as exactly. well because like halo is just incredible and then it was like in the teens you know when we got to 2010 when i started mm-hmm. really getting more interested in video games where i was like oh we're seeing this more and more and i think a lot of that also has to do with the internet you know mm-hmm. yeah the internet and social media making all of that forefront to me yeah because i started following video game news on the regular like going to ign all the time reading articles on rgn really following the development of video games and that's when i started yeah. going oh 
this developer made this game and I want to I'm going to follow them because I'd like that game or, you know, it's it's just an interesting journey for me with that in that regard. Yeah. Do you have like do you have like big developers? Yeah. From your from your yoga days that you're like, man, I love that game. Yeah, definitely. No, definitely. The developer. Um, yeah. The, the developers that, of course, first come to mind. I remember the ones that I remember the the first one that I remember myself paying attention to, of course, was I mean, one of my favorite games of all time. Grand Theft Auto three with Rockstar. Um, yeah. and like, I remember Grand Theft Auto three had a, uh, a certain animation of how Rockstar popped up and it still happens when, even when you get the, um, the remastered edition where it's like the same way it pops up. And I remember it as a kid loading, loading it up right before the music started for Grand Theft Auto three. Um, Rockstar is definitely one. Same thing with like Red Dead Redemption, like with the revolver into the logo. Like it, I remember that so much. Um, so that's like something that I always remember with that yellowish sticker with the r and the star right there and i'm like oh this is you know it's interesting to see what they're gonna make for rockstar that was definitely one growing up that i remember um would it be would it be bad to admit this what i never thought about rockstar until gta 5 wow that's interesting like rockstar was never on my radar like i've because like at the time like you know in their early aughts uh Mm -hmm. with gta 3 san andreas and stuff they were exclusive to the PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. I never had a PlayStation. Like, yeah, growing I, that up. makes sense. Like, yeah. Um, I did play like Vice City and San Andreas on PC. Yeah. But it, I only played them because I was like, oh, people love GTA. Yeah. They're on PC. We'll play it. Never thought about Rockstar. And even with GTA 4, when it came on Xbox 360, I was just like, oh, it's just a GTA. It's just Grand yeah. Theft Auto. It wasn't really until... Grand Theft Auto 5 that and again becoming more conscious of just like oh Rockstar makes these games that's why people love them that's why people love Rockstar games but like I was never I'm still not a Grand Theft Auto person yeah and like as much as I love and appreciate Red Dead Redemption 2 specifically Mm -hmm. I'm not really a Red Dead Redemption person either yeah so I'm just not a Rockstar person so like Rockstar was never on my radar yeah I never thought about it until like just how big gta 5 got exactly which is probably wild to say but like <laughs> i think that just goes to the point that like if if you're not interested then you don't yeah, exactly kind of acknowledge in a way you know what i mean no definitely <laughs> that that makes a lot of sense that's so, because like for me it definitely stuck with me just because of how much i enjoyed like current Theft Auto three vice city um yeah. just like certain games and so like Rockstar was one for me um, back in the day when I was into sports. I mean, EA was another one because you always heard EA. It's in the game type of thing. Well, EA Sports is just like the publishers, right? Or just the brand within EA, though. Isn't, oh, is like, it? Well, it's different. It's still like different developer teams, right? Uh, yeah, so I, I guess so. It might be kind of might be like a Blizzard like thing the, where you don't really know who yeah. the, the developer was. The develop- yeah, I don't and know. So, I could be wrong about that, but. But, but yeah, I remember the EA Sports thing. They're like EA Sports. It's in get. Yeah, exactly. That and was like, like oh, cool. They yeah, need to bring that back. They don't have that anymore, do they? <laughs> no, I don't think they do. I think they just go <laughs> give us your money. No, uh. <laughs> yeah, give us your. You see this? Four, you see this FC twenty twenty four whatever uh-huh. it's called. Yeah. yeah. Um, give us six thousand dollars, please, uh-huh. to unlock the cards or whatever the fuck. Yeah. So I would remember stuff like that just because I played sports games a lot more back then. Yeah. Um, another one that I remember, uh, would be, uh, uh, well, I don't know if they're, they'd be the developer, but Naughty Dog, I guess Naughty Dog was Naughty one Dog is develop- the, because the developers, yeah. I always remembered that paw print that they had in their logo and I would just see the right there. Yeah. For like Jack and Daxter, I'd remember that. Or like, um, 
uh what is it uh was sly cooper developed by naughty dog no they might have been insomniac they were (laughs) no they were not insomniac they're um the developers of ghost of tsushima i believe oh is it i don't know but um, i'll look it up real quick but i just remember yeah naughty dog um for uh for that for that logo that logo is very memorable to me for some reason um and then the one that i uh that i would remember i'm trying to think if there was another one i remember for some reason the the 2k logo before bioshock like i remember that just because of the animation that was in front of the game um and so like yeah, I, it's like uh sly cooper was uh sucker punch and yeah they uh, did go to so gotcha okay that makes sense but yeah so i'd say like naughty dog was definitely one that i remember from like my childhood just because i would always see the naughty dog with the paw print and i'd be like oh this yeah. is so cool they made jack and daxter and i love that game you know um same yeah. thing with um insomniac for uh ratchet and clank uh, and I remember that logo before the game booting up and I'd be like, oh, Insomniac, Ratchet and Clank, you know, I love this game. And then, you know, uh, those are just like a couple, uh, after a while I started to pay attention and then I started to associate them with like my favorite games. And so if yeah. I did see a game trailer and I would see the logo, I'd be like, oh, is this another Ratchet and Clank or another, you yeah. know, Jack, yeah. Jack, Jack and Dexter, or is this something new? And I'd be interested, so to speak, as I got older. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think it's as the age comes and you become more aware, especially if you're interested in the game industry. Exactly. You become more aware. And I think like and again, I do think a lot of it also the enhance the, you know, social media and Internet can't. Yeah. Is is like can't be said enough. Like we you and I grew up in a time where we got to see just how right, and we're still living in this time, this mm-hmm. technological revolution where, you know, before uh before our generation before mm-hmm. like it makes it sound old <laughs> the internet was a very like niche thing right yeah like, yeah you know or like early 90s late 80s like when the internet was starting to form it was like specific niche things um you had you had dial-up that took forever to connect and you yep. had only like message boards and stuff and so as time has gone on and like you know the internet only being around for what 40 years now but maybe yeah. a little bit longer um, wow yeah we're old (laughs) uh it's like you know just this idea of social media especially like around 2008 when myspace and twitter really took off i guess myspace was a little bit before that Mm -hmm. and then you saw twitter come and then you saw reddits and all this just like this growing way to gain information and really connect with developers too and seeing what developers are doing i think we were in a magical time where we got to see kind of that growth because I think in a lot of ways, if we didn't see this growth of social media and mm-hmm. the internet, I don't. Th- I think we would be having a different conversation. Probably, obviously, we probably wouldn't even be having this conversation mm-hmm. now, yeah. anyways. But it'd be a totally different conversation, I think. Like just in terms of like knowing the developers and all of that. Because I think a lot of times too, uh, social media is a double-edged sword. It allows the developers to connect and it allows the audience to interact with the developers, yeah. for good or bad. <laughs> exactly. Know, we've exactly. Seen, we've seen really bad cases on the audience side and we've seen some bad cases like you know how blizzard handled a couple of things yeah. like the blizzards uh uh you all have cell phones right yeah <laughs> just like <laughs> their fallout with that and just the general like fallout with uh, overwatch stuff and their poor messaging with that and using yeah. trying to use social media to cover it up to like kind of lessen it but it only made it worse type exactly of yeah so so bad um, but yeah so i guess my next question for you uh-huh. um um what are 
I, I guess to like start this conversation now for like today, uh-huh. do you have favorite developers that you're like, yes, I'm always going to play a game from this developer? Um, of course, uh, I still have like Rockstar that I'll, I'll consider and like play it. Um, that's one. Um, an- Rockstar, fuck Rockstar. <laughs> Another one I'll say is because um, I know they publish a lot of games, but um, Devolver Digital is definitely an interesting one. Yeah, they're mostly just publisher. But, yeah. yeah. Um, whenever I see their logo, I'm just like, this is going to be an interesting game. Um, yeah. Outside of them. I'm trying to think of like all the games that I've played recently, if I can think of any developer. Really, those two, I think, are mainly the ones that like I'll pay attention. Or uh, I'll say that, of course, like Naughty Dog is another one that I always look at, even though I, I never played the um, Naughty Dog did Last of Us, right? Yeah. Yeah. So even though I haven't played that, like I, I'll pay attention to see what it's about and be like, huh, OK, let me give this some of my uh, attention um, that or um the one but and this is another interesting one um because uh he's a developer but like even when you see anything but he, he kind of became like an enigma almost a uh, kojima like kojima uh, kojima is a whole nother conversation yeah that's a whole nother <laughs> like, thing K- kojima transcends like developer <laughs> yeah. and just like yeah it, and, it's fascinating the kojima journey is fascinating exactly and so like the, i'm always willing to pay attention to like to see what he's working on for some like he just became something like you said something bigger than a developer it's like this this almost like uh just uh, like unfathomable <laughs> like entity Force. or something yeah, yeah. He's, he's just like this weird uh, yeah he's an enigma of the video game industry where i think he is the rarity not the yeah, norm you know exactly I mean? no definitely and so that's like one that i like i'll pay attention to see what he's doing and i'm always interested to, like to learn because it always feels like he's working on stuff in an alternate dimension and he's just like i've been working on something yeah. here's this and it's just interesting like that but those are the ones that come to mind for me what about you? Yeah, man, I have a whole list <laughs> of, <laughs> of game. Like, you know, I I've made it known uh, throughout the year that mm-hmm. I'm a big Arcane fan. I love Arcane, whether it's Arcane Leon or Arcane Austin, because um, I love Prey. Mm-hmm. I love Dishonored. Deathloop was great. Redfall. Redfall? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, like even with Redfall, like I still love Arcane games. Like yeah. I'm still interested in seeing what they're going to do next. Like Arcane is what is probably one of my favorite game, video game studios right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, of course, I, I think it's more nostalgia for me than it is, mm-hmm. and we'll see with uh, the next Dragon Age game. But yeah. uh, still, Bioware. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna play it. Like. Bioware hasn't have it hasn't had a hit since uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, which was almost which is a decade ago now, 20, uh, 2014 mm-hmm. Dragon Age Inquisition, which won Game of the Year at the, like the Game Awards and stuff. But then Mass Effect Andromeda didn't hit, and then Anthem, if you remember Anthem, yeah. completely Oof. just failed. Completely Oof. just yeah. failed. <laughs> they were trying to <laughs> they were they were trying to capitalize on like Destiny and stuff, yeah. and it just did not work. And so Anthem, you know, so they haven't had a hit since 2014 it's almost been yeah. 10 years now going on 10 years and if that's if dragon age uh the next dragon age dread wolf <laughs> comes out next year which it may get may not come out next year maybe 2015 because uh, they just recently like so many other game studios um had massive amounts of layouts layoffs a couple months ago yeah. um so who knows what's going to happen really with uh with that you know by this may be the nail in the coffin for bioware who knows 
But true. I will. I'm going to play Dragon Age Dreadwolf because one, I love Dragon Age, and I still, I have hope that Bioware ensure that will will create an awesome game. Uh, all the original people at Bioware are gone at this point, but like, you know, the name is still has meaning. You know what I mean? So exactly. I still have I still have faith in that mean that name brand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hate to say it. Uh, I'm going to go with negative here. I don't give a shit that anything that Bungie makes anymore. Is that bad yeah. to say? No, that makes sense. I mean, it's like it. When's the last time that Bungie actually like pulled you into like release? I don't want to say release something good, but release something that was memorable. If that makes sense, you know. Because I mean, Bungie. Yeah. In, I think when they first started with Halo, like it was like you were in it. You know, we were both in it. But then ever yeah. since then, like the last Halo kind of really didn't do so well. And then the the online multiplayer whole thing. Well, had, like the but Bungie hasn't made a Halo game since. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Since Halo Reach, like they've just, they've just had Destiny. Destiny one and Destiny two since then. True. I and guess like, I don't give yeah. a shit about Destiny. Like yeah. I don't I don't like Destiny at all. <laughs> like, yeah. So maybe it might and, be a disconnect there. Maybe that's what it is. Just because, yeah, yeah I'm, I don't really care about Destiny as well either. Um, and so yeah. I don't really care for what they're doing right now. Yeah. I mean, they have a chance, like, you know, with Marathon, their oh, next yeah. game. Mm-hmm. That's not Destiny. That's also just a game that they made back in the 90s as yeah. well. Like, they're bringing that back. So there's a chance that they might do something different. But, like, I don't know if you've been following the news this past week with Bungie. Just, like, all mm-hmm. the massive layoffs. And yeah all the bullshit that's going on there. It, like it does not, I, I don't, I don't know if Bungie is ever going to be like a studio that I'm going like, to gravitate towards to again. And mm. that's a shame. Like they're just, I'm not interested in destiny, but I don't know what they could make otherwise. Exactly. Cause I honestly don't feel like destiny has the same impact on the gaming world as halo did. And yeah. Maybe I'm talking out my ass here, but like, I don't feel like, destiny had that splash that like halo did mm. i think destiny is a is good for a live service game like mm-hmm. i think it's a good example to look at and go oh yeah the live service is working here and even then it's not working there because like they didn't meet their the reason they had, they had all their layoffs was <laughs> so that they didn't make they like didn't get enough uh, revenue this year or whatever from their from their last expansion and shit so mm. anyways but like yeah bungie i wish i could say bungie was on my list of of developers that I get excited about, but I don't. Mm. Um, I I'm getting excited more and more for Insomniac. Like, yeah, because like Insomniac. Am I saying it right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm getting more and more excited because like I like the Spider-Man games, and then of course I love Ratchet. I've loved Ratchet yeah. since since the first Ratchet game. Like back yeah. then, I didn't pay attention at all. Yeah, it like. But then it's like as I've gotten older again, like oh Ratchet and Clank, Ratchet and Clank, Ratchet and Clank. Oh, do you remember uh, Sunset Overdrive? Oh, Sunset yeah. Overdrive is fucking great. That's also by Insomniac. Like my my at the time I was like, oh, they made Ratchet and Clank. I fucking love Ratchet and Clank. I'll play Sunset Overdrive. And then mm-hmm. Sunset Overdrive was like the foundation for like the movement of Spider-Man, which came out a couple mm. years later. Which is really funny because Sunset Overdrive was an Xbox exclusive. That's so funny. <laughs> at the time. <laughs> um But yeah, so like Sunset Overdrive uh was a great game. Everybody should go play it. Um so like I'm paying attention more and more with Insomniac. And um what really got me started thinking about favorite developers was uh, Remedy. Mm. Um, I've been a Remedy fan uh, unconsciously since Max <laughs> Payne. Because like, I love Max Payne 1. I love Max Payne mm-hmm. 2. Um, I didn't really pay attention. At, after I only, you know, I played Max Payne 1, Max Payne 2, and that was the early 2000s. 
didn't really pay attention to anything they, they created until Quantum Break. Mm-hmm. And then Quantum, well, Alan Wake. I played, I played Alan oh, Wake yeah. in 2010. Yeah. So Alan Wake was before Quantum Break, but 2010 Alan Wake, loved Alan Wake. But even then, like, Remedy, my, I, like, my dumb brain was like, oh, it's just Alan Wake. Didn't connect with, <laughs> uh, didn't connect with Max Payne. Yeah. At the time, I was like, oh, yeah, Remedy made up Max Payne, but I was like, eh, these games are so different that they don't really feel the same. <laughs> um, but then Quantum Break came out, and I was like, ah, oh, Remedy. They've made some of my favorite games because I like I have fond memories of Max Payne, yeah, Island Wake. I love Quantum Break. Like I'm probably one of the few people in the world that loved Quantum Break. It was like mm-hmm. Remedy's first. I shouldn't say first attempt because they started doing it in Alan Wake, like this uh, meta hybrid where they had live action stuff in the video game on top of the video game stuff. Yeah. Quantum Break really leaned into that. Where you have, mm. uh, do you remember uh, the the actor Sean Ashmore? Yeah, Iceman yeah. from X Men. Yeah, <laughs> he was the main character. They also had like tell they had actual like TV episodes that uh. you would watch and stuff, and like they, they were like an hour long and stuff. Wow. So they would like and they would transition from you playing the game as sean and then you would go into the and then you would watch this episode and they had um they had like actors from game of thrones and a bunch of other people as well in wow. it and like i loved the just like the way it worked yeah um and then control of course came out fucking love control and it's like Remedy yeah probably is up there as one of my favorite companies just because like i love everything they've made oh yeah and so yeah like i with alan wake too man it's just hidden for me and yeah I bring this all back to Alan Wake, baby. <laughs> Alan Wake 2, so good. But no, like, so there's that. Um, one last company, developers that I really pay attention to, though. Um, and they deserve all the praise because I was just looking at their list. Mm-hmm. And there's not a single bad game on this list. Um, but that is Supergiant Games. Ah. Let me give you a list. Let me give you the list. 2011, okay. Bastion. 2011, wow. Bastion. I don't know if you remember that game. Game's dope <laughs> as hell. It, mm. it has a distinct style to it that I love. Um, 2014, Transistor. Again, mm. distinct style, distinct narrative to it that I absolutely love. Pyre, 2017. You know, it's a, it's a, it's essentially a soccer game um, ah. with a like visual novel stuff going around that's really interesting. Like, I love the world. The soccer-esque games. I guess maybe it's more like, you know, no, Rocket League is a soccer game too. So it's yeah. like, it, it I, I don't really it's basically just soccer uh, for gotcha. Pyre, but it's really freaking good. <laughs> and then, of course, 2020, one of my favorite games of all time already. Hades. Uh, so super giant games. They have a very small list of games and yeah. none of them are bad. Mm. They have Hades two. They have Hades two coming out, you know, uh, yeah. coming up next. But like super giant games has never missed. Like their t- games are. Are pretty simple, pretty straightforward, and they're so damn fun and they have a lot of heart to them. They have a lot of. Just really cool stuff. And yeah, Super Giant Games, man. Up there as one of my favorite developers. Like, it's it's just they're just so damn good. Mm. And like it and it's not something I really noticed until I played Hades. And I was like, shit, I have liked every Super Giant game. Holy crap. <laughs> so it was one of those things that you just have that realization where you're like, oh shit, I love these developers. Cause like, yeah, I've loved every single game wow. by them. And I think that's I think that's the way it goes for a lot of people. Where yeah. they just realize one day they're like, shit, this company has made yeah. all these games that I love. I love this developer. I will play anything by them. Like, for me, like, as much as I would love to love Naughty Dog, yeah, I don't really care about the Uncharted games. And I'm not the biggest fan of Last of Us. I think Last of Us are good games, but 
I'm not, I don't get excited by Naughty Dog stuff. Mm. I'm probably one of the few people in the world that will say that, but like Naughty Dog does not excite me at all. Um, you know, say it's, it's not quite to the level of Bungie where I think Bungie just, I used to be excited for it. It's just, I I was just like, I'll play their games, but I don't really care if I ever play them. Gotcha. Makes sense. And we've been going on for a while now. Oh yeah. It's almost like two hours, right? Yeah, Somewhere it's almost two hours. Yeah. Yeah. So wind us down, you son of a bitch. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to the Respawn Please podcast, um, which is it all right to, I guess, are we announcing it here that going forward? Yeah, and now, yeah go announcing okay. it. Going forward, no more no more being live. We're no not more being live. live. Anymore, you sons of bitches. <laughs> so we're just going to do recorded uh, versions of the podcast, which will be available every Monday on our YouTube at Respawn Please Podcast. Um, they usually drop the video version at 9 a.m. Uh, on our YouTube, as well as the audio version drops uh, everywhere you get podcasts. So if you just look up Respawn Please Podcast, wherever you get them, um, wherever you get the podcast, will pop up there. Um, and make sure to subscribe, hit the bell icon, uh, to be notified of future video for us. Um, and, uh, follow us on social media at respawn, please podcast on TikTok and Instagram. And thanks for tuning in.